0: though I should die with thee yet will I not deny thee likewise also said all the disciples (coughs) then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and saith unto the disciples sit ye here while I go and pray yonder and he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter what could you not watch with me one hour watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation the spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak thus far the reading of God's holy word may the Lord bless us in the reading and hearing of it let's pray our Father in heaven we thank you for the words of our Savior Jesus Christ that you have commanded us to be watchful and to pray and to watch unto prayer. We ask that you might meet with us as we consider your holy word, as we consider the example of our Savior, that we might be a people who watch unto prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please be seated. (coughs) Here we have a most important passage in the history of our salvation. God causing his son to go through a conflict, resisting sin unto blood so that we might be saved. Now notice verse 34, it was before the cock crew, Jesus said to Peter, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter would be tempted and Peter would fall to temptation. But notice Peter's response, verse 35. Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Peter was confident that he would fight against sin, even unto death, but he would not fall to temptation. He was confident of that very thing. But notice verse 36, as Jesus takes them to face his agony and suffering, he tells them to sit here while I go and pray yonder. Jesus did not demand in his tenderness and condescension he did not demand the same rigor of spiritual exercise of his disciples. He did ask them to sit there. He would ask them to watch. And he does command them to watch and pray. Does he ask them to go and struggle on their faces with sin and death? No, he would do that alone. He tells them to sit. Sit ye here, he says. Verse 38, he identifies his soul's sufferings. My soul. Is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Jesus did not merely suffer in his body according to the human nature, he also suffered in the inner man, that sense of God's love completely absent, the sense of God's wrath coming upon him, he was sorrowful even to the point where he might have died from that sorrow. He will undergo the wrath of Almighty God for his people. Misery and deadly sorrow follow in the wake of that thought. Now he tells them, tarry ye here and watch with me, in verse 38. First he has them sit, in verse 36. He tells them now to tarry where they were, but watch with me, he says, this word Terry is urgent stay here with all determination don't move and then watches keep on watching constantly be watching in other words watch at all times Freiberg in his lexicon says of this verb to watch literally to be or to keep awake figuratively to be watchful to be vigilant or to be alert. In fact, if you've ever known someone named Gregory, that's where they get the name. Gregorete means watch ye. That's what he commands them here. Be vigilant, be aware, be alert. Don't fall asleep, in other words, and relax and have your rest. I note then that our Lord Jesus Christ was in his true human nature tempted to sin. Our Lord Jesus Christ had to be watchful. That's why he says, watch with me, he says. He had to watch against temptation just as he commands his disciples. He was tempted to disobey his Father's will. Can I just not do this? You have commanded me to do it. Is it possible... If it be your will, is there some way to accomplish the redemption without the sufferings? He was tempted not to suffer for us. He was tempted to disobedience, to seek his own ease or comfort, failing to obey the Father's will even unto the death of the cross. That's what this is all about. Jesus is struggling against temptation and he will be victorious. His remedy then was to be watchful, to be vigilant, to be alert, to see the temptation for what it was. That's why you must be alert. You might think the temptation is merely no big deal. It's just taking care of yourself. Look after your own interests. Do you really want to suffer? Do you really want to come under the wrath of God? Of course not. Take your ease. Do something else. Take a vacation. No. See it for what it is. Be watchful unto prayer. And that's what happens in verse 39. He watches unto prayer. Let us watch with Christ to see the temptations with a clear head, to be alert and careful to see our temptations for what they are not what we are presented with them. Oh, this is merely for your good, merely for your comfort, merely for your ease. Yes, you might think, some people interpret the Bible that it says you should do this, but really, you just need to look after yourself. Watch, he says, don't fall asleep. Don't be lulled to sleep by temptations. Be watchful. And notice verse 39. After being watchful, what does Jesus do? He fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father! Notice his reverence, not merely in bodily position, but in his mind and how he presents his request. But in his bodily position, he's flat on his face. He's ready to submit. He's humbling himself He prays with fervency, Oh, my Father, directly addressing his Father. And notice it was an effectual prayer. He was heard in that he feared, Hebrews 5, verse 7. What is his request? If it be possible, let this cup pass from me, he says. If there is some means that would avail in the wisdom of God For the cup of your wrath, not to be drunk by me, and the sheep still saved, is it possible? If so, let's do that. Nevertheless, he says, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Here, notice, our Lord watched unto prayer, and in prayer he did not force his will, he submitted to the Father's will a willing submission to God's determination and notice this is how he resisted sin this is how he overcame the temptation this is how the devil was routed and Christ was crowned the victor he submitted himself in prayer to God's will I note then this doctrine that our Lord overcame temptation to violate God's will by fervent, submissive prayer. Our Lord overcame temptation to violate God's will (coughs) by fervent, submissive prayer. Let us in like manner learn to submit our desires to God himself. Let us learn to pray, Thy will be done. Not seeking to do our own will or to force our will on God, to foist it or father it upon Him as if, well, I want it, so God must want it. No, that's not the case. We must learn to submit our wills to God's, especially in prayer. Satan's fundamental temptation can be boiled down to this do what thou wilt. That's the satanic golden rule. Literally, the church of Satan has a golden rule do what thou wilt what is the golden rule of christians not my will be done but thine i will submit my will to the will of god so when satan tempts what do you think he's going to tempt you to do do what thou wilt do what pleases you don't listen to god don't listen to his word don't be measured by his rod make up your own do your own thing our Lord overcame temptation to violate God's will by praying and submitting Himself by His humbling of Himself and submitting to God's will. Now, He goes back to the disciples, and what does He find? Have they obeyed His admonition, where He said to keep on watching, be constantly vigilant? Gregorete, did they obey? No. He findeth them asleep, the opposite of watchful, not engaged in prayer with Christ, sleeping as they desired. He saith unto Peter, Peter being the chief, he spoke to all of them, you'll see there it's ye, could ye not watch, but he spoke to Peter as their representative for the whole. Could ye not watch with me one hour Now, the words, could ye not, mean, were you not strong enough? Did you not have the bodily health? Just for one single hour, you couldn't do that? That was too much for you? Now, remember, what did Peter say about denying our Lord? Do you remember the beginning of this passage? I'll die before I do anything except confess you. I will be strong. I will not say I don't know you. Nevertheless, three times. I'm not going to do once. Let alone three times will I know. No, I'm not going to do that. Well, here you are, Peter. Could you not watch with me one hour? Where are your boasted abilities, Peter? Where are they? Do you know why Peter wasn't sifted by the devil? Jesus told him, because I've prayed for you. I made intercession, and after your fall, turn and strengthen the brethren, he tells him in Luke. But here, notice, what is Peter? He's nothing. He doesn't have any abilities. I note this doctrine. Pride goeth before destruction, and in haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goeth before destruction. And an haughty spirit before a fall. Was Peter prideful? He was. Did he fall? He did. Let us learn to properly evaluate our weakness, our liability to temptation, to infirmities. Let us properly evaluate our weakness, our liability to temptation and infirmities and then let us mortify that universal besetting sin of pride temptations feed upon pride watchfulness mortifies pride that's very important if you want your temptations to grow strong become a proud person your temptations will overtake you because you'll never be watchful you'll never think oh i am weak I need help God please give me your spirit let me watch against temptation no you'll have confidence that you're strong enough that you can do it that you can handle it let us mortify that universal besetting sin of pride lest it feed temptation you see how Jesus overcame his temptation by humbling himself submitting his will to the Father by being watchful against the temptation and striking it dead when it came to him. Then he comes again to his disciples in verse 41. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, both of these are what we call... uh, aorist imperatives watch urgently watch pray do it don't let it go keep on doing it all of you must do this be constantly praying please open to Ephesians chapter 6 a parallel passage to this the whole armor of God ends with this whole duty of prayer Page 1183 of your pew Bibles. Verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. And note it. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. This is about spiritual battle. Watch unto prayer. Be aware of the temptations that you will face. Do not sink back into complacency thinking everything's hunky-dory Everything's fine. I've got this taken care of. Don't worry about me denying you, Jesus. No, watch, he says, be sober. Think correctly about this. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. Watch unto prayer. Be ready to pray at a moment's notice. As Jesus said, watch and pray. Why? That ye enter not into temptation. Please turn over to 1 Peter chapter 4 page 1225 first Peter 4 verse 7 but the end of all things is at hand be therefore sober and watch unto prayer exactly what our Lord taught Peter wasn't it watch and pray now the word sober means that your head is not clouded or drunk. You're not confused in your thoughts. You're thinking clearly about this. Be sober. Think clearly about this, brethren. And watch against temptation. Be watchful so that you know, when do I need to call upon God to help me? Because I can't do this in my own strength. Watch unto prayer. On the same page chapter five, verse five of First Peter, likewise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Notice there, Peter connects for us humility being humbled under the mighty hand of God with resisting temptation, doesn't he? Humble yourselves, he says, under the mighty hand of God. Then he says prayer, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Then he says to be watchful, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because temptation lurks around every corner. How does the devil devour his prey? How does he come along as a lion seeking to eat them? Well, I'll tell you, it's by temptation to sin. He wants you to fall into his ways. He wants you to do what thou wilt. He wants you to follow your lust, where? To hell, where he is, to be punished together with him, of course. So Peter says, humble yourselves, be vigilant and watchful, be sober, be prayerful, and you will be able to resist temptation now let's turn back to Matthew 26 please page 994 <coughs> <coughs> again verse 41 watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now the spirit here, some will say, this is the human spirit, a human willingness. Some will say it is the spirit of God. It appears to be both. The spirit or operations of God's spirit, which is in you, in zeal and holy desire, is indeed very fervent and vigorous. Yes, your human spirit As regenerated by God and filled by his spirit you are certainly willing but notice the flesh is weak your remaining corruption prevents you from being able to fight against sin we are to watch and pray with the purpose that we not enter into temptation but notice we have a weakness we have a failing we have flesh that is weak. Flesh promotes our pride. Flesh retards our spiritual vigilance, makes it hard or impossible at times to see clearly. Let us then pray for the Spirit of God to be given us in abundance. Pray that God would give you His Spirit. Exercise yourself unto godliness In the means of grace, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not what? Sin against thee. Memorizing scripture, understanding its truth, laying hold of its promises, recalling its precepts, knowing the contours of the teaching of God's holy word and applying it to your lives. That's how you resist the devil. That's how he'll flee from you. That's how you humble yourself yourself under the mighty hand of God. Watch unto prayer with all perseverance. Hide the word in your heart. Pray without ceasing, humbling ourselves, beating back the devil and all of his temptations. Please turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, page 1156 of your pew Bibles. Verses 12 through 14. Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. (coughs) But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Note here a few things. First, verse 12. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. Now remember what Peter thought. Well, I can stand. I'm fine. I will not deny you. He thought that he could stand fast in the powers currently under his control, that he could resist, that he could avoid. Notice the things in the context. What did they do in Israel? They lusted, they committed idolatry, they fornicated, they tempted Christ, they murmured. All of that is what we are tempted to do likewise. Take heed, be watchful, he says. Take heed to yourself. You have remaining corruptions and weakness. And so we are to take heed if we think that we stand if we think that we have power if we think we don't need to watch and pray we are mistaken verse 13 there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man common to you common to me common to ancient Israel why because we're all sinners we're all fallen we're all corrupt We bear the fallen impress of Adam's first sin. We inherit his natural corruption. Contrast that with God himself. God is faithful. You'll notice in your Bibles that the word is is italicized. God faithful or literally faithful God. Jars the memory, jars the thought. God's faithfulness is emphasized. Their God is our God. He is reliable. He can be trusted in. And notice, (coughs) this faithful God, He will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. God's decree bounds and powerfully determines whatsoever comes to pass, including our temptations and sins. God faithfully suffers or does not suffer us, in this case, to be tempted beyond our capacity or power to endure. He measures it out just so that we may be able to handle it. What else does God do? With the temptation, he will also make a way of escape. God will support us. God will deliver us. His providence always forms, literally that's what this means, to create or form some kind of exit, some kind of egress, some kind of escape, a way out. God in his great mercy and love and faithfulness provides a way out. Why? What's the purpose of God? Providing that way of escape that you may be able to bear it, bear it without falling to it. This is the purpose why God created the egress or the way out, so that you may be able to stand by God's power. The Geneva Bible notes, He that would have you tempted for your prophet's sake will make a way for you to escape out of the temptation. God does it for our good, out of his love and his faithfulness. I note then this doctrine That God supports and delivers his people from temptation. God supports and delivers his people from temptation. In the midst of temptation, he supports and he delivers us from them by these egresses, these ways out. Part of God's faithfulness and reliability is this providential rule. God controls even our temptations in his providence. He forms them in such a way that there's always an escape because he can rule over all things, men and angels and demons and Satan himself. Nobody's outside of his dominion and rule. Let us then pray that God will support and deliver us when we are tempted. That he will show to us the egress. That's part of watching lest you enter into temptation is to see what is the way out of this temptation. God's obviously put one here. Where is it? How do I find it? There is no circumstance you will find yourself where you cannot but sin. There's always a way out. Now for those fallen in Adam, they cannot but sin but that's not because of the circumstance, that's because of their hearts, not because of the circumstance in God's providence. God will show us the way out. Let us pray that he does so, but note also verse 14, wherefore my dearly beloved, because God will not cause you to be tempted beyond what you're able, because he'll always have a way of escape, then you can be fine hanging out with idolaters, right? Then you can go and eat at the table of demons. Then you can go have lunch at the brothel. That's just fine. It's okay. God will look out for you. Don't worry about it. Is that what he says? Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. You know, that's one way of escape God provides, right? Run the opposite way. When you see idolatry, don't Oh, isn't that cute? Come on, let's nuzzle up with this whore over here, this idol. Let me just tinker with it a little bit. You know, maybe let's blend it together with God's true religion. Isn't that great? We can kind of have copacetic world religion, man. It's going to be great. No, flee, run the opposite direction. Don't put yourself into temptation's way And then pray, lead us not into temptation. You know what that is? Mocking God. It's like saying, God, give us this day our daily bread, but I refuse to work. If a man will not work, let him also not, what? Eat. Eat. And don't ask God to provide for your food if you're too lazy to work for it. So likewise, when we pray, God Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. That does not mean we have the right to put ourselves into temptation's way. No, just the opposite. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, flee. Run the opposite direction. Question 106 of our shorter catechism What do we pray for in the sixth petition? In the sixth petition, which is, and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. We pray that God would either keep us from being tempted to sin or support and deliver us when we are tempted. Thus far, God's holy word. Let's pray.